spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Hey, Julie. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. How are you doing? Perfect. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. We are sponsored by Racing Junk, iRacing, and the International Women's Motorsports Association. So today, my guest is Julie Natus. I've known Julie for probably a couple of years now. We met, guess where, on Facebook, as I've met most of my ladies. She's um, done interviews with me at the PRI show, so we've gotten to meet in person a couple of times, and naturally, I do follow her racing. So I wanted to have her on so we could talk a little bit about how she got involved in racing, and also, you know, what is she doing during the quarantine and the stay home, stay safe, whatever you want to call it. We're going to hear from her about how she has been handling that, what she's been doing in preparation for hopefully going back to racing soon. So, Julie, I want to welcome you to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad I could connect with you, Julie, because you live in California, and that's Pacific yes. time, and I live in Michigan, which is Eastern time, so sometimes you have to kind of figure out those time differences, but we got it figured out. And so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, your family, where do you live now, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, well, I'm Julie, and I am from Norway. That's where I grew up around racing. Um, I moved to California five years ago for school and to kind of get involved with NHRA racing, because that's always been a dream of mine and still is a dream of mine so I try to make that work and here we are I'm racing the full Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series. Um, I mean I like I said I grew up in Norway and that's where I started racing so both my dad and my grandfathers were race car drivers so I pretty much grew up at the racetrack and learned everything from them uh, and when I was eight, you know, like 
most kids that grow up at racetracks wants to have their own race car. So I finally got mine and I started racing junior dragsters and we were just having a lot of fun, just doing small races here and there because racing in Europe or in Norway is not the same as racing here in America. So we have our season goes from about May until September and then it's over. So we just have maybe five races or so that we could do racing the junior dragster. But in, it did evolve over the years. You know, with more races, we started going to Sweden, going to more countries. Um, I got bigger junior dragster. And once I turned 15, I got my super comp dragster that we actually did buy from North Carolina. Uh, here in America and got it shipped over um, it was really exciting because I you know <laughs> wanted to go faster so we shipped it to England where because my dad was racing top field dragster at the time so he was racing in the European championship and England is where the season would start off so we shipped it there and me and dad flew over there like pretty much every weekend for like five or six weeks just to practice, get my license, and then we started, then I, well, like, when I had everything, like, license and stuff, and you had to drive the car, we started doing the big events and the European Championship, um, and I believe after two years, I got second place in the European Dry Racing Series and won my region, and that was also the same year that I moved to California, so you know, moving to California, I kind of had to put a pause on racing because I didn't have a race car here. Uh, it was still in Norway. So I would go over to Norway during the summer and just do a couple of races for fun. And after two or three years, I was talking with my dad, like, maybe it's time to, you know, upgrade, go faster. Maybe we should start racing here. Because we have been talking a lot about maybe we should like rent a super comp dragster or something while I'm here in California. It's a great opportunity. Um, but you know, I was hanging out at the racetracks here a lot with my friends and I got to know people and was pretty much networking a lot because I knew that this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to be a race car driver in the NHRA ranks. And somehow, I got to rent a race car with Randomized Racing and get my license in the Top Alcohol Dragster. And from there, I, like I was still in school, I was getting my bachelor in marketing business and entrepreneurship. So it wasn't like I could just go full out and go full-time racing at the time, but I still have one more year. Uh, so I got my license in the Top Alcohol Dragster we raced a couple races that year just for me to get used to the car, get some seat time and see where everything were going. And then I had my last year in school, we did kind of a part-time season in the Top Alcohol Dragster. So I would be in school on the weekdays, travel out on the weekends that we would race and pretty much go back and forth between Santa Barbara, where I used to go to school uh, and the races. And once I graduated in September 2018, it was pretty much said I could go full-time in 2019 and do the whole series. So that's what we did. And 
here I am planning on the plan was doing the same thing this year. So I don't know how the season is going to turn out, but I'm sure they're going to do some changes and we're still going to get to go the full-time series, just maybe with some less races or something. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. So that's a great story. The fact that you came all the way over to the United States on your own to go to college. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's a pretty brave thing to do. And also brave for your parents to, you know, you had, yeah. you had to have been very mature and, and they felt comfortable with you doing that because not every parent would want their daughter to go to California and just be on her own and go right. to school and, and that. So that says a lot about you, Julie, and who you are. And then um, what a great team that you you know, got connected to the Randy Meyer team. We know that's a really great team. They're well known. And so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. 2020, we yes. don't know what's happening, do we? So <laughs> we know we're going to race. We just don't know what that's going to look like Most likely <laughs> yeah. without fans. Now, how would that be? Yeah. <clears throat> how would that feel to you to be racing without fans? Like, I guess if that's what we have to do, that's fine. But at the same time, it's going to be a little bit strange because I feel like we're there to entertain the people because I feel like race car drivers are somewhat entertainers. Right. We race in their car, sh mm -hmm. show up. And I like to connect with my fans when I'm at the racetrack and kind of get to know them a little bit more too. Um, and also, this, this is not what the sponsors ask for. I mean, they want people to be there. Mm -hmm. But maybe if there's... If the, maybe like the TV will show it off in a really good way, maybe they will do some changes to make it more like better for the fans. Maybe the fans can interact with us in other ways. I right. don't know. It will be interesting to see. It will be, and it it seems to me like racing without any fans is going to feel more like practice. Right. And no, so, you know, as the driver, you have to get your mindset to be. I'm sure the mindset for practice and the mindset for a race is not the same. I mean, practice is improving on what you're not doing right and those kind of things. In the race, it's like all out. I'm going down here and I'm going to beat this person. Yeah. So tell me, yeah, is that right? Your mindset would be different for those things? Yes, my mindset is definitely different from practice and when we're going out in elimination. Um, but at the same time, when I think about it, I have been to races or dumb races where there's not a lot of fans because we do a lot of smaller races uh, together with the big ones. But there's usually less fans that come out. And sometimes if it's really bad weather, it's not a lot of people. And elimination to me is the same thing, whether we have the people there or not. I'm still in the same mindset because I know that it's win or lose, basically. Right. Right. So just yeah. to keep that up, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. we don't know anything about NHRA right now, unless they've come out today, which I haven't seen anything. Uh, we do know that NASCAR is able to go back and start working in their shops. They're going to run some races starting, I want to say like the 17th of May or somewhere that weekend without okay. fans and with very limited um, crew. And yeah. so, um, the one thing that's good about that is that we're going to be the only sport that's actually competing 
And so I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that that part of it will bring new people to watch on TV. And yeah. once they see it, even though we know it's not nearly the same, but maybe if they're watching it on TV, they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to Michigan and check out one of those races. I'm going to go to Martinsville and, and see what this is like in real life, because it's, it's nothing the same, especially too, like NHRA, you can watch it on TV, but when you're sitting in the stands and the stands vibrate, you don't get that yeah. when you're at home. And so, no. um, you know, there's some things you just have to be there to experience it, but one step at a time, yeah. at least they're going to be racing and hopefully NHRA is going to follow fairly quickly and, and be able to do some things too. So, um, so what yeah, the latest? Doing? Go ahead. At the latest that we've heard from NHRA is that we're going to start racing in June, but it's not said it can still change. Right. So we will see. Yeah. Right. So really not that much later than what NASCAR is going to be starting. And, um, I don't know about local tracks are in Michigan here. We're quarantined to all the 15th, but there has yeah. been a few things that have been opened up to work. So I'm just hoping that at some point, we're going to get our local tracks back because those yes. are, that's what I worry about. I worry about these smaller tracks. And you said you race at some mm -hmm. of the smaller events too. I worry about how they're going to make it because you know, they exactly. still have a track payment probably. And they, yeah. they still have a lot of expenses even when the doors are shut. And so not being able to have fans or sell concessions is a huge deal to these, especially to these it local is. tracks. You know, my home racetrack in Norway, uh, they have canceled two or three of their events, not even postponed it, it's just canceled. And if they, cause if they can't do a race without fans, they can't do it because they depend on it so much. Right. Yeah. Right. They're not alone. I would say that's the majority mm -hmm. yeah. of all racetracks, you know, NASCAR might be able to, to race and, and yeah. because they've got sponsorship money bigger than some tracks, but, um, you know, I worry about, about the smaller ones. So Julie, what have you been up to during, uh, the state in Michigan is called stay home, stay safe. Cause I think yeah. they don't want to tell us that we're quarantined, even though we are, how long have you been, uh, you know, on your own, you can't do anything. And, and what have you been doing during that time? Um, so this started after I came home for my last, like my first race of the season, which was first weekend of March. And pretty much right when I came home, we got the stay at home order. So it's been almost two months now uh -huh. um, with this stay at home order. And in the beginning, I was just like, well, what am I going to do now? My gym is closed because I'm so like everything like the gym is so important for me because it gets my day started. I'm such a morning person. I need to get to the gym and do that. And then I'll start my day and do my work. I'm like, oh kind of like, okay, how am I going to set this routine for myself? And I was watching the news a lot and kind of just, it made my, like my mood got kind of bad. I was just like, oh, this pretty much sucks. But after a week or so, I kind of like I fixed it, I guess. I got myself a routine. I did home workouts. I have my personal trainer still that I work out with over Zoom, so which works out great. Um, I have been on this meal plan for, yeah, ever since this started just to kind of keep me busy 
and make sure that I'm healthy and ready to go back racing when we can. Um, so I've lost like almost 15 pounds now, which I never thought would happen being self-quarantined without a gym. So, you know, just keeping myself busy and having something like that to kind of keep me motivated has helped me a lot. And then being in this apartment in Santa Monica alone is really lonely. So I chose my quarantine buddies in Santa Barbara. So I had been going up there and stayed for a week or so at a time, then kind of come back and done my laundry and pretty much come back up again. Yeah. Um, just make sure that I'm making sure that my sponsors are happy, you know, doing small things for them making sure that my social media and all that kind of stuff is up to date and kind of just checking in with everything on the marketing side mm -hmm. so that that is also ready for when we go back to racing. Right. And you know that it, I can't imagine, I mean, there's a lot of people that are alone, you know, yeah. there's more people than, than you even realize in your life that you know, that are alone. Luckily I, you know, I have my husband, but, um, you think about those people and uh, that was a smart thing to do to say, okay, I've got some quarantine buddies and yeah. we're only going to, it's people that we're safe with and we're only going to interact with these people. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we kind of have a quarantine buddy next door. I live in the country, but our next door neighbor is a good friend of yeah. my husband's and he comes over and, and hangs out with my husband down at the pole barn. And he's just like a member of the family. His yeah. wife had to go to North Carolina to babysit her grandchildren because her daughter and son-in-law still worked, mm -hmm. and had no childcare options. <clears throat> so she's been gone since the first part of March. So we've kind of adopted him as our buddy. You know, we've brought, had him over for dinner quite a bit. He hangs out with my husband at the barn. I can't yeah. imagine what he would be doing or, you know, how it would be to just have to be over there at his house by himself all the time. That would just be horrible. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad that I made that decision because I made the decision pretty quick about not going to Norway when all of this started because, you know, everyone was like, oh, you should, guys should be going home. Everyone that's students, anyone that's on a visa should just be going home, leave the country. And I'm like, I can't leave the country because I'm here on a visa. So that means I won't be, I might not be able to get back in the country if racing starts. Right. So that's where this, okay, I got to find myself some other people than my family to be with. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there, you know, every country's had it pretty much. I don't yeah. haven't followed Norway necessarily, but you know, you look around the globe and, and there isn't too many countries that I can think of that haven't been affected. So that probably really wasn't anything that was going to help you anyway to go to another no. country. But, um, you know, you're staying healthy. I, I need to know what meal plan that is because, you know, I've been <laughs> cooking a lot more and I've made pie and just, <laughs> and it's, yeah, I, I don't need to have any of that. But, you know, when you're home and if you go out to eat and, you know, you just order one piece of pie and you, me and my husband will split it but you yeah. can't just make one piece of pie. So then no, we have exactly. a whole pie and it just, it just goes from there. You know? <laughs> so um, <clears throat> yeah, it'd be nice to have, have yeah, a I would have little, done the yeah. same thing if it wasn't for that meal plan. I'm like, I got to do something so exactly. that I don't <laughs> gain exactly. a lot of weight and won't fit into my fire suit. <laughs> 
And our weather hasn't been like today, it's pouring down rain and 50 something. Our weather hasn't been that good for yeah. to really even go outside and do a lot. So anyway, I have every excuse you can think of why, I, <laughs> why I'm doing what I'm doing. But um, anyway. Well, it's okay. It's a weird time. <laughs> right. So Julie, let's, let's talk a little bit more. So you started racing, I think you said when you were eight years old. And that was, I got my, yeah. Yeah. And that was in a junior dragster. So you and your dad had this bond because you were doing a lot of things together. Now, do you have anybody else in your family that races? Um, You said you're. Yeah. My little brother, he used to be a race car driver too. He is three years younger than me. So when he was old enough, he got his junior dragster too at eight, I believe when he was eight years old. And then he raced until he was 14 or 15 because he's really tall. He just grew and grew and grew. So he couldn't fit into the junior dragster anymore. So he was like too young to step up into super comp dragster, but like too tall to kind of be comfortable in the junior dragster. Mm-hmm. And he kind of got a little bit bored with it. So he's not racing anymore. And he's not as into it as me and my dad, I guess. Um, so he came here to California November last year, and that's the first time he has been on the racetrack in maybe 10 years. Oh, wow. And he was there at like one of the first pants that comes out to a race. He was like, Oh my gosh, you drive that car, you're crazy! Like, I would never do that. <laughs> and I'm just like, Hold on, you're my brother, you wanted to do this just as much as me when you were a kid, like, you know what this is, right. <laughs> So it was kind of fun to see. So I now see that he got an interest for what I'm doing and he's happy for me, but he don't want to drive a race car anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. Everybody has their thing and that, that they're yeah. passionate about. So he is supportive and that's really all that matters for sure. Yeah. Yes. So does your dad still race? Um, no, he retired, I believe in 2014. Um, after he had then won the European Championship in Top Fuel twice, and the team he was driving for was not going to race anymore, so he found that as a perfect timing for him to kind of step down as well and put the focus on me and let me be a race car driver. So okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that that's good because as we both know. It's a very expensive sport to be a part of. And I know you have to work at getting, you know, marketing partners and funding it. So funding one, one driver is hard enough, much less two. So I, I can right. understand that at some point you have to say, I've done my thing. Now it's time for my daughter. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what what is something about racing that you would share like a piece of advice with someone who maybe is thinking about their daughter might be interested or even their son they might be interested in getting started what would be some advice you would give them about getting started in racing i would first off bring them out to a racetrack and maybe bring them over to one of the drivers like if you have a girl that wants to be a racer or she kind of seem interested like come bring her up to me or any of the other racers like we're so happy when small girls want to come over 
and we we will gladly show them around like inside the car and just kind of you know show them around a little bit so that they can see what's actually going on inside the pit i've done that with a lot of girls actually that's come up saying they want to be race car drivers and then the next step will kind of be to look into the nhra junior dragster league program i know that there are i don't know i think there's some way that they can kind of go practice in the junior dragsters like i'm not sure how it actually works here in america but i know that in norway you can go practice you can rent a car and just feel it like kind of get used to it so just maybe not buy everything <laughs> that you think you'll need right away but kind of just ease into it and see if they actually like it yeah that's a good that's good advice because um that's a lot a lot of money to put out if after two or three different tries at it they're not as yeah. excited as they thought they would be yeah right good, good advice so um what what is something that racing has taught you or helped you with that has then helped you in other areas of your life oh wow <laughs> what has it taught me well, I've never thought about that before, but um, I guess when it comes to, like, so I am really, like, I'm actually, like, a little bit of a quiet person, um, but after I became a race car driver, or before even I became a race car driver, when I was doing all of this networking, like, I just got more, like, it helped me get out of my comfort zone when it comes to talking with new people, other people in front of an audience and all that kind of stuff so well I guess that kind of helped me together with school kind right. of just getting out there um staying focused is another thing because it's something I would I needed to practice a lot like staying focused for a certain amount of time all the time like I can now use it in my workouts when I'm working on my computer or because I need to do that in the car what else that's that's pretty good and yeah. I think you'll think of more things maybe as we go because I I would guess those are some big things you know the getting out in front of people and being able to talk without being you know worried about what you say or or anything you know because this is you and it's your story um yeah but it's still not always easy to stand up in front of people and talk about it so you know that's a pretty big that's a pretty big thing to be able to do a lot of a lot of race car drivers, men and women and girls and boys, have a hard time with an interview, you know? Right. Yes. And yeah. I struggled in the beginning. <laughs> Not going to lie. It was something new for me. So just right. being out there more and more helped. Yeah. I've noticed that in some young girls that I've interviewed. My granddaughter would be the perfect example. When you first, when she first would get interviewed um, for something or you know, um, it would be one or two word answers. And I'd yeah. be like, McKenna, you have to talk more than that, you know? And so she's right. gotten a lot better. She's gotten a lot better at it. But I think it's just something, she was only 14 years old at the time, you know? So uh, it yeah. takes some practice and some confidence <laughs> in yourself about yes. what you can say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Julie, do you have a favorite racetrack? Oh, yes. It's Pomona out here in California. That was 
the first racetrack that I visited here in America. I believe I was 11 or 12 years old. My dad brought me and my brother over here because uh, we've been going on vacation in California ever since I was a little kid, like once or twice a year. Uh, so we finally get out to go see Pomona and it was so cool. I got to see all the racers, you know, all the people that I, you have been looking up to. So I still remember that and it's still like we start our season there and we end it there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I love that racetrack. Okay. And we got the prettiest sunsets there. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's cool. I haven't been to that track, but it's on my list of places to go. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, is there something that you would be willing to share with us that most people don't know about you? Um, yes. <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder, do, do, do a lot of people know you're from Norway or is, because you don't, you really don't have any kind of accent or anything. So, um, I mean, every once in a while I hear it, but not, yeah. if you didn't know, you wouldn't know it. Um, right. Is that something that a lot of people don't know or, or they do? No, I would say lately I've been noticing that people don't really know. But the people who knows that I'm not from here thinks that I'm from Sweden. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what oh. they would think. But okay. yeah, so yeah. the newer people or the newer followers or fans probably wouldn't know until I would say something about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we weren't under quarantine, what are some things that you do for fun when you're not racing? Oh, everything in the ocean, like paddleboarding, surfing, you know, fully right by the beach. Um, I love working out. I, I really do miss my Barry's boot camp workouts. Um, if I had a shop here with a race car, I would be working in the shop. I really do miss that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everything with the ocean would be my second thing second okay. favorite thing to do beside the racetrack yeah. well I would th- I would think so living right there by it how could it not be <laughs> the draw for everything else in your life right right yeah exactly yeah. so is there anything that you've learned at how old are you now Julie 23 23 so you're 23 is what have you learned in the last few years that you wish maybe you would no- have known earlier in your life you're not that old but yet you know, um, there's probably things you've learned that you like, wow, if I didn't known that when I was 16 or whatever, is there anything that you've learned that you wish you had known earlier? Um, I wish that like when it comes to racing, I wish that I learned how to work on a car earlier because I didn't do a whole lot with my own car when it came to the junior dragster, for example. And on the super comfort car, I could work a little bit, but I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't know the different part names. I just knew what it looked like. Um, so when I started driving the top alcohol dragster, I wasn't sure about like, oh, how does this whole engine go together? Like, I really want to know that because it's going to help me when I'm talking in interviews, when I'm racing, like what like what just happened with the engine if something went wrong I know exactly what what went wrong because I know how it was built together so 
I really started over the last year to kind of get to know the engine, know the parts. And I can now say that I can build an engine, not by myself, um, but with someone overlooking me or someone there helping me a little bit. But I know where it goes. And some names I still don't know because it's different from the region. So, you know, it's just, right. I, get, I can get confused when it comes to the language and the part names. Um, so, yeah, I really just wish that I knew a whole lot more about the engine sides of it before, like when I was 16. If I knew that back then, that would be great. My interviews right. would have been better. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good point because... Um, I think as, you know, as littler girls, you know, you started when you were eight or so, you know, yeah. maybe parents don't always think that you're old enough to understand or help. And yet, if you're in the garage and your dad says, hand me the flathead screwdriver at eight mm -hmm. years old, you're starting to learn the tools and the different things. And so I think that's good advice for parents of any kind of a race car driver is yes. to have them help you they don't just show up on race day and get in the car because they need exactly. to know how the motor works and what causes it to do this. And if it's starts doing something, then you can mm -hmm. say, Hey, I think this is what's happening. And, and it's just a great education for kids. I think even if they don't continue racing, that yeah. they know things about a car. Yeah, for sure. And I also think maybe it will, would make them a better driver too. Mm -hmm. Cause like I said, they know what's going on with the engine if they know how the engines work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Julie, I know you're really passionate about racing. How do you share that passion with others? I, that's something that I struggle with sometimes. I'm so passionate about my, my circle track, my NASCAR, my whatever kind of racing. But yeah. I, people don't always get it. How do you share your passion with people? No, I definitely, I feel the same way as you. It's not easy to explain or tell someone what, what I'm doing for a living. Like, when I say I'm a race car driver, I'm also just like, get a, a really? Or, huh? No, you're a girl. Like, mm -hmm. how can you, like, how does that work? And whenever I, like, my friends kind of, like, they don't even get it unless they've been at the racetrack. So I always try to encourage them to come out to a race or, you know, like follow, follow me and see what's going on when I'm out there right. racing. And then when I get back home, I like, I will tell them about it and I'll be all excited, like, because I have so much passion for it. And they will sometimes be like, yeah, I think mm -hmm. I get that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. it, it all goes back to the experience yeah they have to experience it so mm -hmm. they need to go to the track they need to go there to watch you race it's yeah. not the same on tv but that's better than if they don't watch you at all but they yeah. need to go and experience the sounds the smells the feelings how your heart starts going like this you know when yes. those cars go down the track yeah. right yeah yeah that's it's so fun. different to watch it live than on tv so yeah, that's really, really the only thing I'm trying to get them to, to get, I'll try to get them out to a racetrack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something that we all do. We all, I think uh, everybody I know, our goal is to get somebody new to the racetrack and, and yeah. 
once you get them there, it's just a whole different story. So, so when you buckle into the car and you're headed mm -hmm. to the start finish line to the tree, what are you thinking about? And what are you thinking about when you go down that track just that fast? Yeah, I mean, you don't think of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. Well, kind of. I mean, I'm so, whenever I get into the race car, like, there's nothing else that goes wrong, goes on in my head. Like, most people, or most racers were, will probably say that, that mm -hmm. once you get into the race car, it's nothing else that matters. Um, so it's really just focusing on doing the right thing at the right time in the race car mm -hmm. because we're only going down the track for a few, like a couple seconds. Right. So you don't think a whole lot during those seconds. You just feel and react to the motor and how everything is going. Like, is it going smooth? Is it going kind of a little bit sideways? Is there a tire shake? Like, I'm, I think I'm just so focused on, for example, being able to um catch a tire shake than anything else that there's nothing else going on in my head other right. than that yeah so basically the whole your whole mind and body is focused on you and the car and the finish line that's yeah. pretty much everything that's happening yeah yeah well that's yeah i mean i'm sure that's what most racers would say mm -hmm. um you know i I always try to ask that question though, because I've had some really interesting answers about yeah. it or how they, you know, when they get in the car, they always do this, this, and this first, second, third. But I think that just comes from habit. It's, yeah. you know, I always do this and then I do this and then I do this. And that's, that's one of the things that I think a lot of race car drivers are good at is developing habits as far as you know, making sure that this is my seatbelts on and tight, my, my head restraint, my helmets, all these things, you know, because one wrong, one wrong move is disaster. And, and so I, yes. I love hearing how race car drivers are like, I always put my left glove on first and then my left, right glove. And, and it's, so it's kind of, no, I'm that way too. But I think just like having that habit of doing it, like if you then put say that you put on the right glow first but then one day you put the left one on and then when you get into the car you will think about it and right. you don't want to think about stuff like that no, no exactly right so yeah. uh, you know i love that that part about how you know it's such a it's such um a routine of how they do things and and that that's a good thing really so yeah so Julie, what is your most memorable moment so far in your racing career? I will say my first national event win, which is actually like yesterday, that was a year ago. Um, I got it at CMAX Dragway in North Carolina. I can't remember where I qualified, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I got the win um, and I have been in the final round so many times i believe this was my sixth final round and i like i haven't been able to get that win so when i saw the wind light came came on in my lane my like i was just crying tears coming out of my eyes um i couldn't see anything and you know we have this guy that is waving us off the racetrack at the end 
and I can't see him. I'm like, I don't know where the other car is. I don't know. Is it far behind me? Like, I can't see. So I'm just sitting there like, okay, blinking, blink my, like, tears away. And we get around the corner, like, off the racetrack. And I'm like, wait, maybe I didn't win? And I start doubting myself. I'm like, wait, hold on. Did I see the wind light or did I not? I'm not sure. Did I just, like, cry for no reason right now? But then I came around and I see the camera crews and everyone's just running up to me and I started crying again. It was so much fun and such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when you had your win because I remember, remember seeing about it. And, um, yeah. and then, um, so I interviewed Megan Meyer, uh, last, oh gosh, I don't know. Time is, I don't even know what day it is, honestly, um, <laughs> right. but it was last fall. I think it was um, maybe October or something. It was after she won the championship. Yeah. And, uh, but you also did really well in that, in that, um, like you won, didn't you win something in that as well? Yes. So I won the North Central region, the championship, and I got fourth place in the overall world championship. So it was a great year for us around the Maya racing for sure. It it really was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's a great team. Just, just, I, from talking to, to Megan, um, she's a great young lady too. And I think Barry would be a good, um, inspiration to other racers on her team. Uh, she yeah. seems to be, um, really focused and grounded. And, um, I really enjoyed, uh, interviewing her. And so, um, I'm I'm glad you're on that team. I think that's a good a good team to be a part of. I like seeing that you're there with with a good team that you can win with, which is exciting. Yes. Yeah. I am too. I'm so happy to be there and you know Randy Megan and all the crew guys are more than willing to help me learn for example like I said more about the engine and mm -hmm. like everyone goes so well together. So, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. So where do, where are the cars? Like if you wanted to go to the garage or the shop, um, are they a long way away? Where do they keep all those? Um, the shop is in Kansas. So it's a way. I would have to fly to Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I have been there a couple of times and stayed there for a couple of weeks every now and then between races. Okay. So yeah, right. the cars are there right now, but yeah. won't be going. <laughs> you know, the, there's a saying from some movie, you're not in Kansas anymore. That's a, a famous line from a movie. <laughs> My husband could probably tell you what movie, but I always think about that when I hear Kansas because that's, they probably oh, yeah. don't have a whole lot of quarantine going on there in some places because it's mostly rural. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. 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 Well, good for them. I hope they don't. So, yeah. So, um, my husband always wants to know what's the fastest that you've gone in your car. Oh, I believe it's 284, 283 or 284 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty fast. In between there. Yeah. What does that feel like? Can you explain? Awesome. I mean, how? <laughs> it's you a know, rush. <laughs> it's a rush for sure. But it's so, when I think about the first time I sat in the car and went, went to 80, it was so much different from what it is today. Like the first time, first time I hit that gas pedal going that fast, I was like, oh, I can't see anything. It's all shaking. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this is so new. But now it's kind of gone to the point where it's slowed down. I can feel everything that's going on in the car, like every shake or move. So it's just like this 
most of the time a smooth ride down the racetrack with <laughs> just a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's it's pretty difficult to explain it. So when you when you finally get stopped and you get out, are yeah. you dizzy? Are you is or can you walk a straight line? How does that feel when you get out? Is there anything or you just get out by the time you've slowed down and driven gotten back to your pit spot, everything's kind of back down to normal. You know, once I just jump out of the car, I'm definitely a little bit out of breath. Like, especially if it's really hot outside or I have been really nervous and it's elimination rounds, my heart will be so, like going so fast. So when I get out, there's just adrenaline, which makes you like all over the place. And then you have your heart just like, you can't almost breathe. Right. But then it calms down and you get back and you're all good again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So who is your biggest competitor? Who is somebody that you see, because you race pretty much the same people, don't you, over and over? Yeah. Who is your biggest competitor? Well, I would say all of my teammates are, like, my biggest competitors, Mm because we come out from the same team. We know we all have really, really good cars and drivers, Um, but I would say... Sean Cowie, he always has a really, really good car. He's a great driver. Um, Joey Severance, several-time world champion. He's always had a really good race car. So I'd probably say those two guys and my teammates. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's bad that you have to compete that hard against your own team, and yet that's, that's really good. It's because if you're up there competing for one and two – that mm-hmm. says a lot for your team and for your drivers. So that, that's, yeah. that's kind of a cool thing. So what's is, your goal? Sure. Yeah. What's your goal for your racing career? My goal and dream is to be driving a top fuel dragster, like the full championship, win championships in top fuel. So that's definitely where I'm working myself towards to be. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good goal to have. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your car. What color is it? What number is it? Um, So people be like, oh, that's Julie's car. (laughs) Yeah, so we have, well, my car is red with the dots pretzels. So there's pretzels on my car. Cool. So it's red, black, and full of pretzels. And it's car number four this year since we finished four in the championship last year. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And, and Doc's pretzels, you know, used to be, I'd hear about those, but I would never find them. Well, then we have a Blaine's farm and something supply, really cool store. My husband loves to go there. And that's the first time that I ever bought some Doc's pretzels. And now I see them a lot more places. So, um, help to get their name out. And, and, uh, we find them in the stores a lot more readily than we used to. So, um, familiar with dots pretzels they're they're very very good that's a good sponsor i'm sure Um, do you have any other new flavor now too so we're excited about that yeah really can you tell us what Mm -hmm. it is or do you know yeah it's they just came out with it so it's called the southwest flavor so it's just the dots pretzel but it's got the blue packaging so okay you'll be able to find them in store pretty soon too all right i'm gonna have to look i'm gonna have to look for those because those sound really good yeah so, um, are you superstitious at all, Julie? 
do you have things on race day that you always do or you always wear or you always do something or not? Not really. I'm just, once I get into the race car, I don't want people to come up to me and be like, hey, what is going on? Like stick their head into my race car. Right. Uh, that's where I'm just like, here, I'm focusing here. My boss can come in, you know, Randy can come in and talk, my dad, and then crew guys if there's something. But, you know, I don't want people in my race car when I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. That's a distraction yeah. for sure. So yeah. does your dad get to come over and watch you race quite a bit? Or how is he here a lot to help you during race season? Or He comes over quite a lot, actually. Um, his company is also a sponsor of my car. So he's excited to come out. He was going to come out here in April for just over the weekend, but, you know, that didn't right. happen. Um, right. So, yeah, and they love California. They want to buy a house here, <laughs> like, when they retire so that they can come and stay for a couple of months. Tell um, them they need to do that so, yeah. sooner than later. Yes. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. don't put it, don't put it mm -hmm. off. Yeah. So um, do you have yeah. any other marketing partners that you want to mention? Menards, you know, is together with Lost Pretzels, um, Lucas Oil, NGK, my dad's company that would just say OTG because it's a Norwegian name, Gunk, ARP. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a good oh, and Technician good. Academy. Okay. We will have two students to work on our car again this year together with Rachel and Megan in Indianapolis. Okay. the biggest race of the season um i believe we've done this for the last two or three years now where we bring students out and help them like they become part of the team so that they can get a taste of what it's like to work and be a crew guy so that competition go is going on on technician academy okay. right now so that's pretty exciting that such a yeah. that's such a great opportunity for those kids to be able yeah. to do that yeah so Elaine Larson is a mm -hmm. dragster. Do you know Elaine? No, no, I don't I, think so. I can't tell you what she drives. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm fairly okay. new, honestly, to drags, drag racing um, because I didn't grow up around it. And mm -hmm. so I'm having to learn all the different um, classes and all these different things. But anyway, Oh yes, for sure. She's she's out of Florida, and she has uh, she works with a, a place in Florida, like a, the Florida Institute or something, where they do that kind of what you're doing. Yeah. And and she said you'd be surprised how many people they've actually ended up hiring then to be part of their team because they've had them as interns and they they see that they're pretty sharp kids, and so um, that's great that that you guys yes. are doing that too. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. So Julie, what what do you want to share with me or with my listeners about yourself, your racing, your quarantine at the moment? Anything at all that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? Hmm. <laughs> what is there to share? I feel like there's not much been going on the last couple of weeks. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> what is it <laughs> you have been to the beach which is better than what most of us have gotten to do 
Yes, I'm so. so grateful that I could go to the beach and that I have my quarantine buddies or because I would I think I would go insane without them. So Yeah. And absolutely. doing things like this, like recording a podcast with you is helping too. You mean I mean it puts a routine. I have something to do today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and, and being on Zoom, even though our, our listeners can't see either one of us, and thank goodness, because my hair <laughs> needs cut and colored. And I didn't even put any makeup on because oh, I, I knew you wouldn't care. But, um, no. you know, um, it just, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I got to talk to Julie today. And it just kind of gives you something to look forward to. And it helps pass the time. And, it, and it's, just, it's just a fun thing to do. So I appreciate that you took it the is. time to do that today. Why don't you share with our listeners then um, about social media? How can they find you? How can they follow Randy Meyer team, how you're doing, mm-hmm. when you're going to be racing, all those kind of things. So my Instagram is Julie Natas. My last name is spelled N-A-T-A-A-S. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, you can find me on Julie Natas Racing. And Twitter, we have the Randy Meyer Racing page. On Facebook, the Randy Meyer Racing. And on Instagram. So right. they're pretty much all the same all over. Okay. Yeah. So it's Randy Meyer and it's M-E-Y-E-R is how they spell Meyer because if yeah. you're in Michigan, there's a big company called Meyer and it's spelled differently. So oh, that's right. Sure people, I didn't think about that. Yeah, people know yeah. it's that and, and so they can find when we go back racing, they'll be able to find where you guys are going to be, what you're going to be racing and that kind of thing. And, and um, yeah. hopefully you'll be in Chicago or I know you don't I come to... So. Michigan I don't think you come to US 131 but um, hopefully you'll be at Chicago at Route 66 and I'll be able to come that's only a couple hours from me so yes that would be cool I try to I try to hit that at least once a year hit those races so yes I'm, I'm hoping to see you there Julie I I always appreciate your smile you have a beautiful smile and oh, you're always thank you. you always look look happy even when we're quarantined you still have a beautiful (laughs) smile so um I can't wait to see you go down the track and race and um any last words that you would want to share I just want to say thank you for having me this has been great I'm so glad that we can still like record a podcast and give out some content to listeners to fans and all that and if you're listening and you feel a little bit lonely, like call a friend or have a Zoom meeting like we are having right here. Like it helps a lot. It really does. Yeah. It really does help a lot. I, I said there's two things I wish I had stock in, Zoom and iRacing. Yes. <laughs> I've that used would be Zoom, great. <laughs> yeah. I've used Zoom for probably, gosh, two or three years, maybe longer for meetings yeah. back when nobody had heard of it, you know? And yeah. now everybody knows about it. Jimmy Fallon uses it to do his tonight show from home. He's one of my very favorite people of, I, my goal is someday to meet him because yeah, I, I like think he's that. awesome. And uh, he uses yeah. him to do the tonight show. So if he can manage to use it, the rest of us can too. So um, I just exactly. want yeah, that's fun. I want to thank you, Julie, again, for being on. And we're going to be following you as soon as we can get back to the track and and hopefully that's soon. So uh, keep push, keep yeah. posting those pictures of you at the beach, and I'll just live through you. <laughs> <laughs> I <the> will. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. 
Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com. <laughs>